Boner. I don't know shit about fuck. You fucker. I like sucking. But I ain't gay, gay, gay. Legit fat podcast. Fuck those honkies. Hi. Uh, this is legit bat. If you're in case you're wondering, I'm Joe. Jen's here. Hello, Boner. Ben's here. Lene's here again. <laughs> John, get used to the sounds. It's gonna happen. No, no, Jen no, no, gives no, me no, a. No, 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 no. Oh, right. Sorry. Boner. There we go. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, guys. We have a uh, good old friend Andy from the Deep Share Podcast joining in tonight. We'll just bring him right back in. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Well, hello, friends. Nice to see you guys. Hell yeah. Good to see you, too. We've missed you, dude. Likewise. It's been way too long. As always, Mr. Fucking Face. Love been, your face. It's all good. Love yours, man. We've needed a, a shoot the shit hangout for a while now. I know. Yeah. We did that uh, the pre-summer one. Summer That's kickoff. right. And I thought we had talked about maybe doing a Labor Day one, but we, that never happened. So we'll just call it all this that. Yeah, yeah it's so long much that better. I had to send Andy pictures of my our pool weed. I was like, it's yeah. very huge now. That's I so have to cool. sit behind it to get a picture of the pool with the weed because it's really hard because the weed is growing right next to the house. So I was like squished up against the house just trying to take the perfect picture for you. <laughs> I love how you guys haven't really done anything on purpose for that to happen. It's just like it's just existing on like good vibes over yeah. there or something. <laughs> Three females and two males out of five random volunteers. So obviously wow. we have neighbors in uh, a five mile radius that hate us for the male plants. But oh yeah, we got to chop do. those guys down tomorrow. They're dead anyway. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I recently harvested and yeah, it was my first time doing it. So it was pretty cool. The whole process. Yeah. It's I saw neat. those pictures, dude. They were uh, pretty healthy looking motherfuckers. Yeah, they do. They did pretty good. Um, I'm still learning a lot. It's weird too. It's like you find yourself in different tiers of understanding when it's like, how much of a nerd are you and how desperate are you to like really maximize like potency and, and bud growth and stuff like that. It's like how far down the YouTube rabbit hole of, of like weed growers do you want to go? Right. It's insane. I had someone I, over I the other day, too, yeah. they were like, what's your humidity level? I'm like, fuck. I have no idea. <laughs> Get on that immediately. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, it's like, I man, tomatoes are a lot easier. <laughs> You're all, God damn it. This is so Sun sensible. comes up. <laughs> Except for the yeah, varmints. Yeah. The fucking now, varmints get to our tomatoes. We had to put like big chicken wire all around them and everything. Yep. This year it sucked though because I actually didn't do anything with these plants. And last year I got all the nutrients, all the things. Like I didn't do whatever you were talking about i didn't do that but I, I actually paid attention to them they still came out hermaphrodite was so fucking pissed by the oh, time we went to trim it it was just cutting through seeds it was awful that's how it's going to be this year too but they have huge colas on them that are like this big i don't know like one of them <laughs> one of them is fallen over because it's so big it's buds Whoa. are huge yeah so all, like all of our sunflowers this year they all 
did a dive oh, for some yeah. reason. None oh. of them would stand. Last year, they were like 10 feet tall and big and beautiful. And then this year, all of them just like couldn't hold themselves up and died. There's a lot of weird shit going on with, with planting this year. And yeah, we've seen year. it on the on like Instagram and other places too. Like people reporting in, like saying what, what a weird season it's been and how like they would have fully grown plants with no fruit no vegetables coming off of it it's like yeah we had some weird experiences too well let's 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 use that as the intro what would the you fuck? guys think yeah what the fuck other than like you know cloud seeding and all of this other shit that they like to do up there what would make that especially in like multiple different states i yeah. don't think it's global fucking warming but um <laughs> You know, what kind of things have you guys heard or noticed that you guys think might be the cause of that? I think you might hit the nail on the head. At least that's that's how my wife, Kate, feels like she was pointing shit out in the sky, like all spring and summer. I'm like, damn, <laughs> OK, I don't even pay attention as much as, as she did, because she's the one that had so much pride for the, the garden that she was tending every day. And so it's like when we weren't producing what we should have been. And then we were seeing the same thing in North Carolina and all of the way over in New Mexico, even like all these different places that were popping up, like people reporting, saying the same thing that crops weren't growing the same, you know, their, their home gardens weren't turning out the way they had in previous years. So I don't know. I think it would probably be something to do with whatever the hell is going on with the micro particles or whatever the hell they're putting into the air, you know? Well, I've heard a lot of people talk about the soil in general is so depleted of, you know, natural minerals and all that, that it's not the soil it once was, or, you know, could grow good crops because they've torched it so much with all the pesticides and everything else that goes on. Not to mention just monoculture in general, apparently is not good for the soil. You're supposed to kind of rotate right. that shit out, you know? But oh, yeah. I think there was something in the air though, for sure, because just with our pool this year, we've had our house for two and a half years now. And for the last two and a half years, besides this summer, the pool's been exactly the same. The water is pretty acidic. Um, there are certain chemicals that are low and certain chemicals that are high, and it just happens regularly. I didn't do much this winter with the pool. Typically, we don't because it's wintertime. And this summer, the alkalinity and the pH were through the roof, super high. And we had had a pool guy come in and test it when we bought the house. And he said, oh, your water's just acidic. You're going to have to be adding baking soda, whatever. No big deal. We weren't worried about it. But we have had to buy acid to lower the pH and alkalinity in the pool just this year. And then there's another weird chemical called cyanuric acid that happens to be in everything. It's in your skin. It's in suntan lotion and whatever the fuck else you have on. And um, in the winter, it goes away. I mean, it doesn't necessarily go out of the pool, but when it rains or when the pool, you know, gets filled up with water, it comes out of the pool. And when the water gets um, diluted, it goes down. So it rained all winter. Not all. I mean, it wasn't the rainiest winter, but either way, the cyanuric acid was through the roof this winter. And in the summer previously, it was totally fine. So there's just some weird hokey shit going on that has to be in the air because there's nothing else that would have affected the pool at all. Unless yeah, it's so in the, so we've tested our water too. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, according to the news, like water is bad, even if it's coming from the sky, it's, it's not good for us anymore, which it's yeah. like, on one hand, it's like, you don't want to buy into any of the fear that they're selling, but at the same time, that's the kind of shit that like we would normally be saying for years and that's, then they'd finally get around to saying it, you know? That's so it's that controlled opposition shit because I mean, mm. for how long have, have the hippies and all this other no, don't drink the water. It's got too much of this in it. It's got, oh, no, the water's fine. We test it regularly. The water treatment plants, no, it's totally good for human consumption. And then when you really get to look at it, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. it's worse than buying fucking distilled water in bottles at the grocery store. And that's distilled. You're not even supposed to drink that shit. And it's almost right. worse than that. I had a whole conversation. There's a, uh, I don't remember the name of the company. It's Rock something water um president reagan asked for a six pack of it on air force one uh it comes out from uh i believe it's from shasta water spring and it goes through castle crags it's like this uh this natural forming stream and it's supposed to be the best spring water and they put it in glass so that it's not getting in plastic chemicals and one of the few one of the few that still actually uses only glass bottling for their water well um, when I worked at Top Hat, the guy I was working with, David, he was like, did you know that natural spring water actually has a flavor? When they don't strip it of the minerals and enzymes, it actually has a good flavor. And now you go and you get spring water and it's there's no wonder why it's like, oh, it's fucking water. Ugh. And then if you actually go up into the mountains and you can find a fresh spring and you drink it, it's like, oh, shit, that actually has a really good taste. Like, and well, that's the like, stuff that's good for your I body. I stick my head right in. Really? Yeah. Water, though, <laughs> even, even that kind of stuff, like they, I, I know there's been tests done that even that kind of water still has traces of uh, glyphosate and other pesticides and shit because it gets into the supply, comes back up right. in the cloud, brings back down. It doesn't filter out too easily, I guess. So I think you're, I mean, obviously you'd be better off drinking some spring water. I, I would rather stick my head under the spring in Mount Shasta than drink, you know, the Fuck, tap yeah. water. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Mount Shasta has been in the top three um, on national competitions for spring water for years running. Wow. Uh, Crystal Geyser, as as another company that is supposed to be one of the cleanest uh, non-polluted bottled water that you can get. And granted, like that episode on Joe Rogan where they went over all of the different stuff that every all the plastics get into, the amount of microplastics that we are absorbing on a yearly level when you compare back to when they first started bottling things in glass bottles is just ridiculous like everything is in plastic your cereal is in a plastic and then it gets put into a box your water put into plastic the little fruit gummies that kids eat put into plastic like even our vitamins are put in plastic bottles like everything is plastic and Although it's trace amounts that you wouldn't see over just using one product when everything that you have, even like, you know, the stuff that we're drinking now, it's like ev the Keurig pods, they're in plastic. Yeah. Like everything is in plastic and the micro amounts that you get add up and they've done studies on those and how it is since the 60s specifically starting to lower things like the sperm count, mm. the, uh, the testosterone and estrogen levels. Like it's, it's depleting all of that shit. And I'm like, God, no wonder guys wear skinny jeans these days. <laughs> yeah.
Hey, they did in the 80s too, all those fucking hair metal bands and shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. if they when still we were wearing makeup. wear skinny <laughs> jeans. I mean, they don't want to like chop their dick off and be a chick. That's <laughs> let it not be skinny jeans. That's fine. I'll I'll draw the line there. <laughs> Speaking of There's 80s. This, uh there was a really cheesy show. I think it was on Netflix with um Zach Efron of all people. But he was with this other dude, his like co-host buddy uh darren only and people should check him out because he's like this wicked positive super happy genius when it comes to like nutrition and like your skin and the environment and all that he's just a really smart guy What's and his name? um darren only okay like yeah so check him i can't remember exactly how to spell it but some some variation of darren um and uh he um hit the two of them went to i want to say france there was this whole conference thing about water and uh they were tasting different yeah spring waters from around the world and they were commenting specifically on how like delicious and how different the tastes were it was as if you were drinking different like fruit juices like that different but that good as well mm -hmm. and then it's all kind of like uh you know filtered down and completely destroyed by the time it gets to any of us in stores or through tap water or whatever you know it's just completely gone so we're just completely disconnected to even what makes up most of our body well know? and it's gotten really shitty too because even back in the 90s they were when i was when we were all doing sports all of us kids they they would say and granted things like gatorade were was a whole different product back then it was virtually just water with a little bit of natural flavoring, electrolytes, and a trace amount of sugar for flavor. And yep. I, I remember how it tasted now. If I go try to drink my favorite Gatorade, the Blue Frost, it tastes like juice. It just Dude. tastes like juice. And I remember they used to say, because there was that whole thing about, um, there was a marathon. I think it, I want to say it was one of the, or no, it was one of the Ironman triathlons where they do a full marathon in each of the sections back to back to back. And by the time you're done, I mean, People are shitting themselves and their nipples are bleeding just on a 26.4 mile run. And these guys are doing the full swim, biking and running. And so their bodies are literally breaking down. And they were saying that one of the guys who didn't make it across, the only reason why was because he wasn't drinking any of the Gatorade at the running stations. And they were saying they're like, when you go out to run, you need to have about one part gatorade to two-part water because it refills your electrolytes and more importantly it gives you that sodium i know we've talked about it before i've mentioned it how your body pushes out salt while you're running mm -hmm. so you have to replenish that and you're literally cycling the oil in your body but now and back then even it was like you shouldn't have to drink gatorade to get that if you Not were just close. drinking mountain fresh water you would get all of that you shouldn't have to say, oh, well, I'm drinking water while, you know, I sweat my ass off, but that's not enough. I need right. to also take a sodium supplement to make sure. No, you should just be able to drink water with all the natural elements in it and be good enough. Yeah, that's a subject that I've kind of had to you, you, you got to kind of keep scaling back when it comes to like, what don't you need? Like what mm -hmm. is added on to our lives that's not needed? Because it's basically anything. I mean, you hear so much about how the body heals itself. And at that point, you have to hold to that statement and go, okay, why am I, you know, holding that idea and at the hippy dippy supplement store buying a ton of shit that my body <laughs> desperately needs? 
well, what am I missing? What am I not doing? And so like my wife and I have kind of looked into this path for a long time, especially with like different foods and everything. And it's like, it really is about entire systems of your diet and your lifestyle and everything. It's all integrated in how like, like for instance, medicine, how, you know, we think of holistic medicine, like in a general sense, people that aren't involved in it, just think of it as like, yeah. So people are supposed to just take some natural thing and it's going to get rid of a headache or get rid of this or, or solve this. It's like, that's ridiculous. It's like, no, those items are in the diet all the time. And so the body is naturally healthier and doesn't get these things happening all the time. That's it's a kind of a perspective shift. You know, you have to look at medicine in a different way. Well, that's the thing is that most everything that would naturally go into our bodies, if you really take away all of the synthetics from the past century, if you were literally just taking a seed, putting it in the ground and you had a green thumb good enough that you could just fucking do that without all the pesticides, without all of the the helpful growth things that people do. It's like if if in this, like you said, it goes into every single thing, the water you drink, how much exercise are you getting, the kind of food. If you were just go out and butcher a fucking cow that hasn't been eating pesticide grass and that hasn't been fed all of the stuff that you get from a store, it's just naturally doing it with non-shitty ground and then you cut it up and boom, straight onto the plate. Yeah, it's going to be way fucking healthier and it tastes and smells way different. Um, I remember there was a lady in our church uh, years ago that said, you know, it's funny because she was raised in like the 50s. And she goes, I remember my mom cooking ground beef for spaghetti and it smelled so good. She goes, and now even if you buy organic ground beef, it just smells weird. Yeah. She's like, it didn't used to smell like that. But then again, our sister that lived in Ukraine, she said, no, no, no. We literally go out like that whole uh, that whole saying, give us this day our daily bread. She was like, that's how they live over there. Like you go to the market and you get what you need for that day. Yeah. And it's not all pumped full of shit. So you can't keep it till the next day. You have to buy that's it that day. Exactly the point yeah. right there. Going to the store every fucking day. That would be so annoying to go to the store every day. <laughs> hey, but for see, fresh food, I would do it though. That's what I'm saying. You'd thing. feel a it's lot a better about going. Shift. It's a paradigm shift. It's because, like, yeah. this whole archaic revival is going to be so much more painful than people actually want. Like, think it's going to be. <laughs> like, it's going to be all love. It's going to be like what the '60s tried to do. Not even fucking close. It's going to happen out of necessity as well, most likely. When this giant system that pretends to take care of everybody fucking mm -hmm. collapses and when that happens then yeah you're gonna go back to your roots you're gonna go back to that archaic world and you ain't sure. gonna have a it's fucking big. choice yeah and i'm not trying to sound like doom and gloom at all like it is it's part of we're like in a cycle you know yeah I it's think. not going to take very long if it comes to that to weed out the people that will survive and the people that won't the ones that won't survive are going to snap off in like i don't know two days be be like, oh my god, I didn't 
get my pumpkin spice latte today. Where's my <laughs> Starbucks? Yeah. But yeah, no, everything's put on the market now. They take the water and they strip it of nutrients so that they can then sell you Gatorade and say, well, this has electrolytes in it. It's got what plants everything, crave. They're what plants crave. It's in nature, right? Everything in nature, they strip it of everything, sell it to us, say it's safe. And then they're like, well, here, get another thing. Get another thing because it didn't have this. It didn't have that. When you could just do it on your own, it's going to be yeah. challenging. It's going to be rough, but it will be much healthier for everybody overall. You know, before Enlightenment, chop wood or what is it? Yeah, chop wood, carry water. After Enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Like that's yeah. the the whole point is to realize that like life is not it's not that like Disney Wally movie. You know, right? They're all sitting in their chairs and they go like way. this, and it just comes in, and they never get out of their chairs. So, yeah, by the end of it, they're all crawling because they don't know how to walk. That's that's a really telling movie too. In the right direction because it's like whatever is going on failed. It, it's not a right. successful Matrix or whatever they planned on doing. It's just dystopian. But yeah, well, I think it's going to be. We could call this a dystopia right now. I, I guess there's levels to it, you know. I mean, yeah. ma major dystopia is what everyone envisions, Mad Max and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's going to be like that. It'd be cooler this, if it was, but I don't think it is. It might be a little bit of both. I I tend to believe because I'm a video game nerd. I don't know if you guys have played Cyberpunk 2077, but the way that game is set up and the story is it's really creepy because it feels like what's probably going to happen. It's not all mm -hmm. the way Mad Max. It's not all the way Blade Runner. You know, it's like a little in between where those that didn't want to go along with it. Yeah. They're fending for themselves. They're outside these mega cities. And we already know that in reality, the WEF or whatever, all these hidden agenda people have these massive plans for these mega cities where people will live and work on rotation cogs in the machine, just very blatant and exoteric about it, you know, and that is part of cyberpunk 2077 where it's all these massive mega cities, poverty outside of them, but people just desperately clinging to this new system. And then there's the, you know, the wild people, the Mad Max people on the outsides. And I don't think it's not like the walking dead. It's not like Mad Max in the sense where like, everybody's killing each other no the people on the outskirts are the fucking community that we're a part of for the most part it's a little you know video game badassery and shit like that but it's it's this attitude you know yeah sewer so rats cool. <laughs> they call them like nomads like the nomad life or something yeah sewer rats <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, Andy, so you, you you were very vague with what you said you wanted to talk about tonight. You said some box saga in Florida. I'm very interested. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as long as it's not teaching you to suck your own dick. I'm just kidding. Everyone's got to say that about <laughs> box saga. But, uh, did you find out something new? Because you've been studying that for about a year or so now, right? It's been a while. Yeah, I, I didn't personally find it, but... Um... I was shown it by our buddy Juan from the one on one podcast. He, um, he showed us this dude who was covering, he's from Florida and he has this page on YouTube called old world, Florida. He calls himself Dr. Narco Longo. And, uh, we found out the other night that the narco part is actually 
dedicated to Bach Saga and the root language uh, because of the uh, Nar. The Nar in Bach Saga is the Narator, and this had to do with like Ra and all these different parts of the language. But Narator was the one who tells the story, you know. So he was hey, trying first to. First of all, you're gonna have to explain what Bach Saga is. I don't know what the fuck. Oh that no! I'm so lost that's right. Now. right. Okay, well, been... then maybe that's what I could do, you know, for people listening that don't know what it is. I guess I'll try to give yeah, a brief give a breakdown. If nobody's heard of this yet, I'm going to say hi. Okay. I don't know if you've seen the show. I came unprepared. As That's okay. <laughs> Box Saga is like really intense. So, like, it kind of covers tons and tons of areas of known history and kind of rewrites all of it, as oh. a number of different theories do here and there, of course. Right. But, like, um, this one's really interesting because it's built upon a sound system, a root language. Um, and they say that this was a an oral traditional story passed down for generations, not a written one. And actually, once it became written, that's when all the discrepancies came into it, because we're talking about phonetics and this root language is built in a way. It's almost like mathematics or resonance or something like that, where because of all of the original sounds of their alphabet mean part of the story it translates part of the story itself that each letter then forms words with other letters and it all has to follow suit and they all have to mean the same thing in a way where it has to resonate in a, uh, a parallel way, I guess you could say, if that makes any sense where you can kind of tell if someone changes the sound of something that it's not correct in the saga. So basically it kind of like, checks itself in a way it's kind of hard to describe but maybe i can pull up a link um where someone much more eloquent said it better well, in your defense but, you're uh, trying to describe something you've been looking into for a while so I, I yeah don't about a year i still don't get there's, it all the way I there's just so much of it but basically like i'll give you a, like an instance of it where um we spoke to michelle merle who was eeyore box good friend and he's like the original one who eeyore passed the story on to and he's like the main storyteller these days. And uh, he was um, telling us that our alphabet, like our first letter is A, but to them, to this root language, that's two sounds. Those aren't, that A is not a pure sound, as they would call it. That's A ah and E together. A. And, um, hey, got it. <laughs> but so, but their alphabet is oddly enough extremely familiar. It's, it's basically the Finnish, the German, like it's, it's our Germanic alphabets, basically. And it's literally called Alphernes Bet, which means either the rhyme of the Allfather or the rhyme of the elves which is interesting because it, I mean, it's, it's the same word phonetically that we're using just changed a little bit yet. It means this very heathen thing that has nothing to do with modern European language or anything. So that's already interesting. But, um, so this root language is from this people called the Acer people and the Acer people and the Vonner people are like the main characters in the box saga but they're also main characters in Norse mythology or not main characters, but they're mentioned. They're in there. These words are in there because you know how the controllers like to 
use shit that is true and already exists to create their own twisted ideas for us to fall all over because they're not creators. So they can't come up with their own ideas. Well, and it sells it that familiarity between what we know and bridging the gap to what they want us to believe gives validity to that lie. Yeah. There's something innate within us that like, I think we recognize like spiritual truth or, or, natural truth or something like that where that's what they prey on so they can kind of guide us where they want you know um that's why like the whole new age is co-opted so easily because so much of that shit is true about consciousness that the new age professes but the way it's framed is is them it's fucking them it's the same and a lot of the new age is so very easy to make fun of it's i mean it's cheap shots, really. It's low hanging. It isn't you're on acid. And you're like, oh fuck, it's all true. <laughs> no, like if I describe to you, if I describe to you the uh, this is from a Cards Against Humanity card, I think, but it's the nice. uh, the overly friendly, uh, gray haired white woman at the farmers market. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what she looks like, and you can probably smell her. Like that's yeah, that's what I'm yes. <laughs> and it's our jaded metalhead fucking like outcast upbringing that makes us look at that and think it's lame that that woman is so damn happy and comfortable. What is doing? Why is she dancing around on the bridge? What's her problem? Why is she smiling at everyone? Yeah. I'm more on Joe's level. I'm like, just fucking jump. <laughs> I'm not going that far, but I'm like, if no, you no. did, I'm, I mean, you know, so yeah, I've always been is, uh, yeah is also a round earth. Now, Benjamin Balderson has told Dan and I that he thinks it could work with flat earth. I don't really think so, but that's whatever. It's kind of besides the point. The story revolves around a globe, in my opinion, and they talk about how the earth originally was in balance. And those words right there, ball and lance balance where if you picture like a sword or a pole going directly up and down and the earth and it being in the center of the earth so it would be making the south and north pole and this was supposedly before the earth tilted on its axis so it was in a different place and this made the sun go around in a different way where this place in the north which after the earth tilted was where Helsinki is now. So in originally, before, yeah. yeah, hell was in the North pole, which would um, have been cold. And that goes right along with a lot of the things that we've heard. We went over that a little, I think it was on the mm-hmm. last podcast. Micah Dank brings up the Latin or Italian word in Verno from uh, Dante's Inferno and how that yeah. actually means winter. Right, right, right. And the, yeah, there's a ton of stuff like in uh, like, for instance, uh, Tolkien, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien Uh or whatever, like he was completely enamored and obsessed with Finnish grammar, the book. And when he translated Uh that, he immediately wrote his first elven language because the Lord of the Rings is, I think, and Dan thinks, and a lot of us think it's actually about Lord of the Ringlands. And that's what Boxog is about because this place in the north, this hell, it was also called Udenma. And Honestly, a good representation that you can kind of go to is the hype, the Hyperborea images, those kind of maps and stuff like that, because I think that that Hyperborea was before this Earth tilt. And that's why the North Pole doesn't look anything like it 
it did on these old maps anymore. Um, the one thing because that help- I ask real quick, dude, before we move on, sure. when the way that the box saga breaks down words, mm-hmm. is anybody else hearing an echo? Yeah. That yeah. That's weird. Anyway. Um, well, now I'm going to fucking notice it. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. Who's got a who's got a knob turned the wrong way? Is it me? Oh, it, it went away. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, the way that yeah, now it's back. Anyway, the way that uh, you, the box saga breaks down uh, English words like ball, ball, and lance. Uh, does that work with other languages, or is it all just just for English? Well, I it it does it in a lot of different languages, but mostly English is the key because I'll get into this Acer people versus Vonner people. But what, what the box saga suggests is that the English language is a combination of these two original languages. And that's why a lot of us can see how it's like coded and there's double meanings for things. Like we've heard that woman talk about like all the word magic and stuff like that. It kind of ties into that. So yeah, that's a great image right there of Hyperborea or the legend of, of this Hyperborea. And honestly, it's very similar to what Eeyore Bach described Helsinki looking like. I mean, picture it a little differently where there's like more islands, but it's interesting. We have this place called Hell in the very center, but around it were these other islands and they made up this place called Udenma. But um, basically this was what Helsinki becomes eventually after the earth tilt. But in this original time when the earth was like that, it was like tropical all over the planet and all of us were dark skinned. So this whole idea that keeps popping back up and, and even, you know, about America itself specifically saying that, you know, black people were always here and this and that it's definitely true because originally we were all dark skinned when this earth tilt happens they call this the first ragnarok which that word follows into the modern you know catholicized uh, version of of these norse legends in in norse mythology um i say catholicized because it's clear that they've been completely twisted north norse mythology is what these old stories were and it's been just changed over time but um anyway ragnarok it was the first destruction. So when the earth tilted, the whole Northern hemisphere basically was just covered in ice completely. And luckily and coincidentally, because of the Gulf stream that comes up from Mexico, it goes all the way up into the Gulf of, of Finland. Um, because of this, it created what they call a rosette or like an infinity symbol, almost basically keeping the Baltic sea area warm. And, all this ice, this ice age, this mini ice age that we've heard about um, created massive walls of ice everywhere, except in this area that just so happened to be hell, which was, you know, Udenma, this place of the Acer people. So hell didn't freeze over, which was cool. <laughs> I like making that because that's where you get into like where there are little cultural language hints towards box saga after you get to know a lot of it and you're like is that coincidence is that synchronicity is that on purpose what the fuck is that when hell freezes over so this place in in hell didn't freeze over and they were able to thrive and continue 
living and existing while the rest of the Northern Hemisphere was completely decimated and covered in ice. Now, if that's really true, then what follows is the second Ragnarok, which we are familiar with because it talks about the flood. When the ice started to move south, scrape across the crust of the earth, destroyed hell again, destroyed Udenma. Um, but, um, but yeah, it turned into the flood. And all of these people, these northerners that were trapped in the ice for thousands of years, supposedly, hundreds of thousands, I don't even know how long they say in the box saga. It's ridiculous. But if this is true, that it would be a long fucking time. And it also suggests that this is where the Arctic people come from, the white people, because the cold turned turned their um, their skin white. They they lost the melanin in their skin from the cold, and um, their hair turned blonde and and red, and their eyes went blue and green over time. And this is what happens with Arctic animals too, because if you take them out of those zones, they you know like the polar bear doesn't always have what wouldn't necessarily have that color hair on them. Right, same so, thing with like the white Siberian tiger. It's up in fucking Siberia, or the Arctic fox, or the snow leopard, or right. blah 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 blah. They all are exactly named that because not just they're white, because they're in fucking snow. So this is probably the part of part of the story that like really hooked me in because, as you guys know, like I love the UFO topic, and I, I've always been into interested in those kind of fields. And so when we start talking about a culture that was completely isolated, isolated, and then turned white with blonde hair and were able to advance for thousands of years, possibly while the rest of the world, the rest of the Northern Hemisphere was completely decimated. And then they showed up after this flood. We... We, uh, we can make some connections to a lot of interesting stories because mm -hmm. the Anunnaki have this description, the, you know, Quetzalcoatl and Kolkulkan and Viracocha and Mesoamerica and places like that. They have this description. The Hopi have the shining ones. And my favorite of all is all of our folklore talking about fairy people because it's all talking about the fair folk, even sometimes known as the fin folk. These are not magical beings this is old heathen history relegated to fiction and not only that but the, it, uh, the other the other uh like legends and shit i was wondering if it jived with any other uh you know native lore or even mainstream history at all does any of it i mean because even the way, flood right? has been just any of that stuff oh, like well, the flood. i mean the biblical stuff big time uh, yeah, it, it, it sheds a complete. I mean, Boxaga goes in so far as to say that, like, Jesus was from the Acer. Like, all of the prophets that we're familiar with, supposedly it started with Krishna. They they track where these people went in this, like, human story, this saga, all about what happened to these people that hasn't been written about in history because of the third Ragnarok. Whereas when they rebuilt hell after the flood and everything, and we believe now because of this whole other thread about Florida that they were using the entire, you know, our area of the United States as ports eventually too, um, that they, so they rebuilt hell eventually. And then eventually the Catholics showed up wherever this, wherever the breaking away of that 
originally happened, we're not sure. But like when the Catholics are completely taking over everything in Sweden and the likes of that, they come and they destroy and burn down and kill everybody in Udenma, supposedly. They send a papal army to kill the Bach families and destroy this whole this whole history from the face of the earth. And we all know how the Catholics feel about paganism and heathenism. They're they're so corrupt, yet they give us our reason to fear paganism and call hell a bad place and all that. I mean, hell to these people actually meant balance completion home heaven do, so it's do they mention at all the library of alexander i'm sure that they might i there's so much literature on it at sure. this point with like the storytelling aspect of it it's like there's more and more researchers coming out with more and more things it's like the living language that's kind of been hinted at over time it's it's growing the saga is growing the more people like us that are willing to look at it and look at other parts of history and see if it lines up. It's growing in that sense, because if typical and establishment etymology even admits that somewhere down the line, it all starts with phonetics, then we have to start looking into these Phoenicians who are also the Finnish people. The Phoenicians are clearly like a sect of the Finnish when we look into this. And we have places like Newfoundland, and this is Newfoundland. It's not Newfoundland, which is probably a common misnomer, but this is talking about Newfoundland. And you can tra and we trace these stories of these people in the box saga. They tell the story of the beginning of the Vikings, where it's like you take the V and the W and switch it. It's we kings, we kings, V kings. Um the story of Sven and Dan who leave this isolated area who either are allowed to leave or they broke away from this civilization while they were trapped in the ice and said, we're not waiting around. We're getting out of the ice and they leave and they break away. Uh, we've related this story to the fall in the Bible because it's literally like these angels, these arc angels, these Arctic angels leaving and falling. But Dan creates Denmark, Sven creates Sweden, and Eeyore Bach and his fall and the, the people with him like have are telling us like which Caucasian uh nationality went here and came from here. It's pretty nuts. And it ties into all the Irish folklore, Scottish folklore, the uh the Twada de Anu. Like it's all over this and you can kind of trace it. And we're familiar with a lot of these lines, especially in like conspiracy theory groups and stuff like that, because of a lot of the ancient alien stuff. When we start tracing a lot of what they follow and call aliens, we're looking at it and we're finding Aryans. <laughs> you just switch the L and the R. So does that does any of it match up with uh, Atlantis either? Like where we Oh, that's the best part. That time period where they were trapped in the ice was called Alt Lant East, all land ice. Oh now, yeah. I, I believe that eventually this phonetic phrase describing the only thing that was going on everywhere in their lives and affecting them constantly 
eventually this did become the name or title of a place. It's always this remembrance of this unbelievable trauma of our lives. And Atlantis has always kind of framed this way of a high civilization that was, everything was perfect. Everything was together and also concentric rings. And this is also how the box saga describes all these ringlands are concentric rings. That's why we find multiple possibilities for Atlantis, quote unquote, all over the Northern hemisphere. Cause these ringlands were supposedly all over the place all mimicking all fractals of that original all father hell location in the north before of course the earth tilted over but yeah i mean you read the saga it goes into how mathematics was created and they talk about like the sun going around the shadow with the north pole and it's called quadrat it creates the letter q it's it's nuts man there was even a mathematician who studied the box saga and this alphernus bet and like did something with the flower of life out of it and moved to another country and built a yurt and drew the flower of life for the rest of his life. <laughs> That's dope. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a crazy trip to get into this stuff and there's a lot to get into because it's really looking at history just from a completely different perspective, but still using everybody and everything and all the places and the events that have happened in a way Sounds i mean some like of it's obviously of new parts to like the whole thing delving into it and such yeah it's, that's what um dan and i have been doing on our patreon show i want to read up on it now oh that's awesome seriously and and honestly any questions that anybody has or like you know if somebody ever wants to debate we're always open to that that's kind of what we had uh, in mind when we had uh, Balderson on because you know he's a really smart guy he knows his his heathenism too big time he knows all about that stuff and um, but it turned into like a really great mutual conversation and we got a lot out of it I think anyway you know that's how it went but uh, recently we've done and it's coming out tomorrow uh, we did a big round table with Juan and uh, and Dan and I were there and our new friend Narco Longo from Florida, all about this Tarpon Springs, Florida area and how this man, John Saxer, did all this research in the 70s and 80s about how it was the Garden of Eden and it was Atlantis. And it sounds a little flimsy on the surface of it, but when it's framed is called the Saxer Saga. I was like, the what now? And I get like 30 seconds into this, this documentary and it's this fucking dude with a big mustache and he's this guy that's claiming his family line goes back all the way to the beginning of humanity. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, this is like some sort of psyop against box saga. I got all fucking paranoid and weird out because he looks just like Eeyore. He was an eccentric. It was nuts. But then the further I got into it, I'm like, holy shit, a lot of this stuff lines up. There's even a Bach Tower in Tarpon, or near Tarpon Springs, Florida. And the history behind it, I didn't know. Dan and I just saw that there was a Bach Tower and we're like, well, that's telling. But then Narco Longo goes into how the dude, Eric, I think it was Eric Bach that created it, was said to be one of the most influential men in American history. And all he really did was edit like a small time magazine, but he built this fucking Bach tower and 
inscribed all around the Bach Tower are the scenes from Genesis. It's Weird. pretty nuts, pretty heavy shit. And then Narco also ties in all the Merovingian line into this. It, it's pretty nuts, and we're coming out with that tomorrow. I'm going to be releasing it probably when I get off with you guys. What was that line? The what? The the Saxer saga, S A X E R. Oh, the Merovingian kings. Yeah, that's What's the that? Blue Bloods. That's that supposedly goes back to the the Jesus line. Supposedly, so this guy claims that Saxer, this John Saxer, claims that his family line goes back to Isaac, the Bible, like biblical Isaac. Yeah, and um, it you know ties in the Merovingian kings and stuff like that, and. A lot of what Saxer didn't know, Narco Longo has picked up on, and he's looking at, you know, uh, pictures of Florida with the Florida de Lee and stuff like that. And he's tracing the Florida de Lee to the Merovingians. And there's Holy a lot shit. of detail. This is a really uh, information heavy presentation that we're going to release. And it's just the beginning. Juan's taking a trip out. Uh, well, he lives in Florida too. He's going to be hanging with Narco Longo and possibly like filming and doing some more work in that area. There's a lot to uncover. And I don't know if you guys have seen those images. I've never had my hands on the book, so I don't know. It could all be CGI or something, but the, the, was it Oriental <laughs> Masonry book from the late 1800s where they're talking about how the continents of uh, America and Egypt are one in the same or something like that. Dude, it's I saw something about nuts. that. I, I saw the map comparisons and it is pretty fucking weird the way that it uh, matches up different places like Jerusalem or. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. In, There's with, something like, to that. And shit. Like it's fucking. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, so what Narco Longo thinks and we're not, you know, dying on any hills here but it sounds pretty cool it sounds very intriguing that during this altalantes period uh, these two sven and dan left and started populating the earth they broke away from this original system which also included a very specific um uh reproduction system like every aspect of society was and it wasn't like it didn't seem it didn't sound uh like totalitarian at all but it was all just like naturally mapped out everything worked the way nature kind of works i was gonna say story... you mean people actually just kind of understood how shit was supposed to go and it's... went that way yeah i mean we're talking like in my opinion a lot of the stuff that you get into with box saga about the origin story of man and kind it's really akin to like proto-human almost it's almost like literal oral story that we're getting from like this time period where we were becoming who we are and it doesn't really make it's kind of hard to get your mind around but it's almost like if you can look at the human race itself as an individual and so it's it was like a baby so that's where the box saga kind of takes it from where it's like the human being literally looked from the inside outwards to its body to the environment around it to create this this root language supposedly comes right up out of nature it was given to them by udin ma or udin well, i was just sorry. about udin. to say i noticed udin, i noticed how you separated Odin. how you separated man and kind 
You know, oh, I didn't explain mean that to. shit. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. Sorry. Oh, you motherfucker. You had me all on this fucking train. I'm like, oh, what does man and kind mean? Where did that no. originate? Okay. The craziest <laughs> part about the box saga, outside of all the crazy shit I've already mentioned, is is the origin story because it it says that we came from a goat and a ape. Oh, you lost me. An ape <laughs> and a goat. Yeah. Maybe they're that, metaphor. Yeah, people have said that that it's metaphor. The way box log is framed, I'm not saying I believe it necessarily, but the way it's framed is that all the metaphors have come from this. It's the other huh. way around. And now the the only validity I can give to it is that there is some scientific studies to do with like, you know, ungulate DNA at some point being part of our evolution or something like that. But also like there's a lot of weird imagery of people from a long time ago with horns like little horns just horns but uh also afterwards throughout the ages you see these headdresses from like nobility um slowly getting more and more different but like looking like horns the further and back in time you go like to honor almost what we used to be or something and what's interesting too is and and this is kind of skipping ahead but just a little little bit more justification for that craziness is this idea that there's like an old world idea and a new world idea. And that's how I was framing it for a while. But after talking to Dr. Narco Longo, he brings astrology into it and frames it as basically the Jupiter people versus the Poseidon people or the Neptunians. And when you look at Neptune, Neptune is Enki from Sumer. And in Sumer, Enki is the character that is like, come on, eat the apple, basically. He is that serpentine kind of character and these are the sea people and so this all kind of line starts to line up with all of what we're seeing on multiple levels it's it's just it's hard to get your head around most of the time i don't doesn't, even know if i doesn't that line up uh doesn't that line up with gnostic stuff too the demiurge i mean a little bit story to me the demiurge like to me that story is talking about consciousness itself and whatever the fuck god is because the demiurge is like the action and sophia is the thought so it's kind of describing creation itself you know um and the demiurge this like the physical act is fleeting like the physical world and it's low vibration it's you know we're stuck in this dense vibratory realm of physicality so the demiurge is the devil in that sense because it's that low vibration it's the slithering serpent it's the energy that's down on the ground that's how I took it. Interesting. Dude, I'm so used to listening to you. I, I haven't talked to you in so long. I'm just like, duh, yeah, <laughs> talking. Yeah. I know. I it's been too, like, this, it's fun to like say all this shit to, to people that haven't heard it, but at the same time, I fucking miss just shooting the shit with you guys too. Well, <laughs> the first thing I was gonna say is because we're at like already 55 minutes, is I think this is the longest and without break I've ever heard you talk. Um, and two, I'm not gonna get any sleep tonight, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> good i'll give some be, links to messaging you on facebook random shit the fuck does this Please. mean the fuck seriously does this mean? <laughs> i i really encourage it anybody that wants to reach out contact at the deep or fucking yell at me on social media because like <laughs> i and it works too because there have been some good people that have come to me and been like hey 
I want to talk to you about this. Like I have a new friend named Ronnie who runs the enlighten me podcast. And if you guys haven't talked to him yet, he's a great dude. He's from Finland. And I this know was, he hit me up. New to him. Yeah. yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying time to like, schedule him. Cause he's 10 hours ahead of us. I'm like, yeah, it's oh, a different dude, situation. It's just the same shit that we run into when we talked to Yoke from Sweden, when we tried to do roots of creation was kind of tricky. Cause we had to do like Sunday late mornings on my end dan was your time so it was like 8 a.m and yake was 6 6 p.m uh yeah it's a mess it's like i I talked to bruce fenton he's just in the uk and it's still a pain in the ass you know it's hard enough to get you east coasters sometimes because i get off work late you're going to bed (laughs) what's that jen's mic cut out oh is it uh oh no! I don't. I mean, I can barely hear you. That's weird. Hang on. Oh, weird. Hang on. Let me. Let me try. Her mic is. I don't want to not hear her beautiful voice. This is not cool. Hang on. Let me try something. Hang on, real. Okay. How about now? What the? F- oh, you might have muted. <laughs> Technical difficulties. There we go. I haven't We're touched it, but okay. All right. Yeah. So what I was going to say was for the people who are listening right now who have never heard about Box Saga, you and Dan are doing a show or had started a show a while ago, just kind of covering it where you start your research and people could follow along as well, right? That's our Patreon show. Uh, Dan called Dan named it the Deep Chill, so we stuck with it. Okay. And uh, we, um, yeah, it's basically like being a fly on the wall during our research sessions. But then we have had a couple guests on, like Balderson came on with Mario Gaza from Symbolic Studies, and Just if you guys haven't, yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, Mario's a great cool guy. Dude. Um, We're gonna have to do a part two. He was rad. He's yeah, he's great. He's got a lot of great resources and he's done a lot of great research. But so we've had a couple guests on that show too. Um, Roots of Creation was the two of us with with Yoke Joachim from from Sweden, who has all of this information. He was very good friends with Jim Chesner, who was one of the original dudes. You know, they called these people like the Temple Twelve. Um, the original 12 guys that started to dig out the Lemminkainen temple, which I haven't even told you about if you want to hear about it. What's that? Yeah, let's so, hear it. The third Ragnarok, when the Catholics come to get rid of all these heathens and destroy them all, the box had like prior knowledge that they were coming or whatever. So they went and like destroyed the entrance and hid their temple. This temple, this Lemminkainen temple, supposedly existed as this big rock formation where you'd go in and there were certain stones in certain places and it would lead to this massive spiral staircase down into the earth. And at every level, there'd be hallways to honor the, like each, each Bach, each lemon kind. And the Bach was the progenitor. That's what this word meant. And it relates perfectly to goat and it relates to Aries and like the, you know, the power of the, uh, the action, right? So the Bach was the progenitor and it honored all the different Bachs throughout the ages in gold and all this incredible jewelry and, and amazing things like that. Um, that's the story. And Eord Bach 
had this massive rock formation right on his property. His property was massive because he literally does on paper come from royalty. It's proven. It's pretty nuts. So they start digging and they get actual contractors involved. And this company either comes into existence or it's total synchronicity or coincidence that they were called the lemon kind company or something like that. And they got involved and started helping on this dig of lemon And they were slightly like adjacent to like a government agency of some sort, or they were a corporation. Right. And they brought all these Americans in. This is how Jim Chesner tells it. Uh, and suddenly there was tons of drug smuggling going on and it got shut down completely and all of them went to jail and the land was confiscated and they couldn't dig there anymore. Now, over time, they've somehow had the land given back to them or something like that. Maybe when Eeyore knows before Eeyore died. But anyway, they were able to continue digging. And to this day, they have people digging and trying to blast through and clear out water. And the reason why they've stuck to it all these all this time is because along the way, they've had these signposts where they have all these drawings and all these video cassette tapes and stuff of Eeyore describing what they would find when they blasted through each area. And they're finding these stones exactly where they're supposed to be. So that's huh. pretty nuts. Along with other areas in the northern world, like um, the Wolf Cave. You should look up the Wolf Cave because that's directly related back to this. And when they found that, they found humans that are like, I think it was like 60,000 years old or something like that. But it ties in. There's a lot of different places. They just did LIDAR a couple of years back on a place way up north. I can't remember the name of the castle. I'll send you it if I can find it. But it's this very northern castle in Finland or Sweden. Shit, I'm an asshole. Sorry. And, <laughs> um, they did lighter. And again, there was like this big, like solid opening underneath this castle, just as described in the box saga where like more treasure was hidden. And like the box saga gets into crystal balls and mythology and astrology. They talk about that funny pun that we always do in conspiracies with history, his story. Yeah. Because history was the man's uh, territory. Like the man took care of the history while the woman took care of the mystery. Like that's how all of this is talked about. It's really, really yeah. fascinating stuff. And on the surface, again, it sounds a little provocative and fanciful and it did to me too until you start digging into the root language and especially if you're already interested in history especially like you know unabridged alternative history like we are yeah there's you're gonna find a lot of connections especially in the symbolism that we find that we immediately and always attribute to babylon and sumer and egypt and we we, we take the meanings from that we've derived from there and we say this is the origin of those symbols and this is why they mean things. And we go through magical paths and we get paranoid and we, you know, scream Satanism and all this kinds of stuff about symbols that were only inherited by these cultures. And it's it's pretty nuts. Dude, that's amazing. Well, anybody, if you're interested in learning more about that, go hit up Andy's Patreon for sure then. Because, mm. I mean, I'm sure it's just going to be a library building exercise for you guys. And by the time you're, a, you know, a year or two into that, it's just going to be mad content on there. 
I think there's a book in, in, in the end of this at some point, Dan and I have been kind of brainstorming and we think that like, we gotta, we gotta write our perspective on what we're finding down. Like Carl Borgen is another resource. He's written box saga an introduction. That's really the, from Michelle Merle and the other people that knew Eeyore Bach, that is their story put to words really for the first time. So that's a really great resource, but you know, the whole point of releasing the box saga when he did Eeyore and the supposedly after the third Ragnarok, this was foretold that this was to remain a secret until the like humanity was ready to receive the information again or something. Um, is there a fourth Ragnarok coming? They never talk about that. No, they never talk oh, about that. The prophecies. No, but so that's what we get. I, I that's what I didn't get into, and I, I will be brief. But the Jupiter versus the Neptune stuff, we do have that eagle versus serpent right there. It's that duality that they're talking about, and it's kind of the two different ways that the same fuckers rule us because one is exoteric and one is esoteric, and maybe they don't get along, but it's they're the same. Um, one oh. group thinks that we should have all the knowledge and just be aware of what's going on. And the other group thinks that we shouldn't, but it's the same. And nothing group. changes for us either way. Either yeah, we know I it think, we're still controlled or we don't know it and we're still controlled. I mean, it's, it's weird when like you look at the Sumerian text because it really does in a way like romanticize this character of Enki and, and also in like Acadia, I believe uh, it's, it's Ia. And, you know, Ea, Ea is Earth. So, I mean, again, he represents these lower serpentine vibrational characters all the time. But there is a romanticizing of it. Like, he actually loved us. And that's why he wanted us to know everything that was going on. Because, like, the Tree of Knowledge, I can see why, you know, many of us will go, Oh, shit, I get it now. It's like a good thing to have all the knowledge. But I can still see the biblical way that it's put forward, that it's bad because like knowledge is this chaos that we're all in right now. And when we're not guided through it, it leads to absolute destruction. Like, you know, after taking psychedelics and having your mind blown or something like you don't usually have a guru or someone that knows what's going on to like guide you through all the stages of awakening that are going to happen to you, you know? So that's why it takes like 20 years, 30 years for people sometimes to get through all the insanity that they experienced in these otherworldly consciousness perturbing experiences, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of rambling. Don't even but... go through that at all. No, but some people just <laughs> go through life, just living it, not even caring about that. No, and you can't mm -hmm. ramble, dude. I could listen to your sweet, silky voice. Oh, thank you. But I, I, there is one more thing to say though, also, like on the fairy thing. And I could go on for days about all the stories of these folklore. And it's like, okay, yeah, this lines up with this box saga, quote unquote history. But the fact that we do consider it like a mystical thing now and we look at it like spirits kind of thing, like little fairy creatures and it ties into like paranormal and orbs and Bigfoot and all the let all the rest of that. This is something they do with mainstream religion too. And either it's them, they, or it's some sort of fucked up natural thing that happens to us over a game of telephone, but we mix up stolen history with this internal experience that we all have the capability of having because they paint th this history 
just like it. They mimic that hero's journey that's internal. They mimic all these archetypes that exist for us as this unifying like God experience, this unbelievable, ineffable experience that you can have with this fake history. So that's why we get these external entities and all of it. We, we are mixing the two together. And that's why we have such a problem with like literal versus allegorical translations because it's both and they're all mixed up together and they're, they're twisted literally. So we have to it's untwist happening, it. It's happening right now in the media. I mean, we could yeah, take absolutely. it into it right now. We could call it spin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Call it clusterfuck. I mean, that's what it all is. And it does start in here because like, like I think I've told you guys in like psychedelic trips, you find the conspirator in here and he's causing the confusion because he wants to keep you in the safe little patterns that you're in and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, dude. Well, we'll let you go. I know it's super late over there. Ben definitely has to go to bed. It's like 15 minutes past his 99 was, time. Oh, 15 it's... minutes past his bedtime. <laughs> yeah, like, this whole time. Like, this is awesome. No, I was going to say, like, I just realized how shitty I looked in this light after an hour of being on here. And I was like, I swear to God, I'm listening. I am. I'm not bored of you. I I'm I'm hanging on, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this is like my... you look fine. I've done a lot of shows this week, and I am just barely hanging on. If it wasn't you guys, I probably would have like, oh, I can't make it tonight. You can always it. cancel on us. I know it's you. Oh fuck yeah, that's like such an endearing thing. Like you can always cancel on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're so on sweet. me, baby. You can though, because we understand the need for that that mental health day that you need to take from podcasting. We appreciate that. Yeah. We're okay with it. It was weird. I was supposed to have that tomorrow, Friday. And I was like, just finding myself inviting people onto a podcast tomorrow. And I'm like, what am I doing? No, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> so I'm just going right, to keep riding yeah. this until I fall over, I guess. Well, uh, and, uh, kind of what we're all once, doing. Once we exit this one, we need to set up a shit show where we don't have an agenda and we just talk balls and wiener or something. I don't know. Hell yeah. That's talk fun. like yeah, movies some, uh, and shit. Maybe some, maybe yeah. near Halloween or something like that, you know, do some kind of fall, fall show. Some yes. like ghost story paranormal stuff. Yes. It's kind of boring, except for Halloween time. That's like the we best time should. to tell all those we'll dumb do it stories. live on Halloween so we don't have to pass out fucking candy to those kids. Well, I think okay. that's a it's brilliant idea. We might. Yeah. Because I wanted to do something live and I still am like terrified of trying to figure it out because I went live one time and people were like, we can't hear you. I'm like, fuck, cancel. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I react to things sometimes. It does. That's the Massachusetts in you. Hold on. You need to press it. Just push it away. Yes, that's so I'm from Mary, so I, I understand. I fully oh, relate. Yeah. So you need to get that with Joe, get with a California person who can be like, dude, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know Go live with Joe. He'll help you yeah. out. I'd say yeah. when we first started, like roughly 90% of our live streams had some kind mm-hmm. of problem with it. It was crazy. Yeah, right. so we and most do. It's echoing again. But we hear the fan. It's echoey right now. Yeah. That's what they're saying. No, it is a little bit. It was for a second. It's off and on, but 
You guys okay, are well, let's just call it. Hey, 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 fuck this then. I'm going to pull an Andy. Fuck this then. I'm going to go off. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Tell <laughs> everybody where they can find you and all of your stuffs. Uh, contact at thedeepshare.com if you want to reach out to me. Uh, I'm on the socials at thedeepshare. And I'm on patreon.com slash thedeepshare. And uh, I'm going to start doing some cool shit on there too. I, I want to try to get some, some new England buddies around here, some other podcasters to go into like the Bridgewater triangle and do some campouts and some Sasquatch hunting, possibly maybe not hunting, maybe observing stakeouts, <laughs> something like that, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, stun gun or something. Some fun stuff in the works, but yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're good. And yeah. Another resource for the box saga, please go to YouTube and check out three films. I mean, one and then two others, if you want Uh welcome to hell with one L look that up. And then mm-hmm. after that, welcome to Atlantis and welcome to Rajasthan, which is the tale of how they got into India and all that. And yeah, it's pretty wild, man. I can already You're gonna tell have it. to send that to Ben because I'm going to want to look it up and I'm not yes. going to write it down. I was just about to tell you, when she starts making notes during a podcast, <laughs> that's when I'm like, we're not going to sleep. So <laughs> like that's I said, great. well done. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely send you, send you those links directly, man. Well, thanks, Andy, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank as always, I... We'll set all this up, and uh, Joe, I'll let you outro. Uh, now, nah, guys, all the listeners, love you, Andy. We'll catch up with you very soon, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Bye.